This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi, from California. It's foggy. Hi, Mom, from New York City. What were you going to say? I said it's foggy. Oh, it's nice and sunny here. Oh, really? That's nice. I'm sitting right here in the studio with my sound engineer, Ian, helping me out. And we've got a great show today because we've got somebody on that's just, uh, just a fantastic person. You know, and Heidi, we've talked a little bit about the fact that, uh, you know, life's a journey and that we're heroes of our own journey and that we get the call to do whatever, you know, have a loss, a loss of a parent, a loss of a spouse, a loss of a child, and we meet that call, and we go into that dark place, and then we pick up the sword, and we go on. And, you know, I just think people should take uh, control of the fact that they are heroes of their own journey in the end when they go out to help other people. And Heidi, this man that we're going to have on, Franklin Cook, is a real hero, isn't he? He is, and he's not only is he brilliant, very intelligent, but he has such a big heart, and he's so easy to connect to. Yeah. Well, tell our audience a little bit about Franklin. I would love to. Yes, Franklin is our friend, and we, he's also somebody that we work with, and our worlds just keep crossing and we keep connecting. And Franklin Cook's father died by suicide in 1978. Franklin is a consultant, speaker, and trainer in peer grief support. After volunteering as a support group facilitator, he became an advisor to the Suicide Prevention Action Network and National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and he is now developing suicide survivor services based on life coaching principles, and he is also one of our Open to Hope authors. Welcome to the show, Franklin. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It's so good to be with you both. Now, where are you? I'm actually at home in Watertown, Massachusetts, just uh, just outside of Cambridge. All right. So, Franklin, you know, we knew Franklin, but he did an intervention for our family last July that has actually changed our life. We had a family member who had a substance abuse problem, and Franklin helped us to do an intervention. So I want to tell you out there that you better listen up today to this guy because he is the best. So, Franklin... Tell us about your journey. Tell us about your dad dying and how old were you and that kind of thing to start. You know, my dad died a long time ago now in 1978. He was 49 years old and I was 24 years old. Unfortunately, he suffered a very, very uh, severe uh, depressive episode, which included psychotic features and suicidality. And he wound up finally... Uh, being hospitalized, and in fact, my dad died in a psychiatric hospital. So that's how our journey began. My mom and and I have three brothers, and it truly, it truly changed our lives, shattered our lives at first. And um, we can take that anywhere you'd like to go with it. He was actually in the hospital when he died. Is that what you're saying? Yes, he was in the psychiatric hospital when he died. Yes. And how did he take his life there? Well, there, unfortunately, the protocols that were in place were not as strong and well um, implemented as they are today, and he was left alone with a sharp instrument, and he actually uh, was left alone with a very deadly instrument, and he wounded himself very badly. He lived 24 hours, but he never regained consciousness, so it was a very horrible, horrible um, event. 
Were you able to well, see I'm him not, at the hospital? I, say it to me again. Were you able to see him at the hospital? Well, after he after he uh, after he did it, he never regained consciousness. Uh-huh. He was he was he was so he was mortally wounded. Uh-huh. But were you were you with him? Did you see him or no? Were you somewhere else? Absolutely. Saw him in the intensive care unit. He lived 24 hours. Yeah, it was a very harrowing experience, very traumatic. Oh, it must have been incredible. Heidi, did you want to say something? I just wanted to say for everybody out there that is feeling guilty and bad about their loved ones dying by suicide because they feel like they should have done more, they could have done more, etc. I think you need to rethink that. I mean, Franklin is telling us that his dad was in a very restrictive setting in a psychiatric hospital, and he still found a way to take his life. So sometimes at the end of the day, we do all we can. But, you know, people find ways to do these things, even when we've done everything we can. Yes. um, My dad was getting all the help that a person could possibly get. Unfortunately, there were were some failures in the the system that that caused him not to be in as safe a place as uh, as, uh, he should have been in. But I think you're absolutely right, Heidi. Um, we don't have any control over what other people do uh, ultimately, and and we're doing our best with people who are very sick sometimes, and who sometimes we don't realize even that they're in as much trouble as they're in. So, although I think it's also normal to feel guilty when somebody uh, dies by suicide, I hope that everybody uh, gives themselves a fair trial. Let's say and gives themselves a break in the end. Yeah, uh, I was just reading an article in the New York Times. I think uh, it was from, I don't remember, New England Journal of Medicine or where, but uh, the study that was just been done, and you might be familiar with it, Franklin, is that um, 50% of the people in the study had been who uh, ultimately did kill themselves by suicide had been in treatment. And they still did. And the point of this article was that we need to find better treatments. And I think that's kind of what you're doing too, right, is uh, thinking about coaching principles for survivors. Do survivors have a higher risk of dying by suicide? Survivors do have a higher risk of dying by suicide. And the fallout for survivors not only includes higher suicide risk, but the course of grief for survivors of suicide loss can be very long. Um, the incidence of complicated grief or of PTSD or of other uh, major depression. Let me, let me stop for a grief. minute. PTSD is, say what it is, because our folks out there don't know. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, so, and that, that would be what, more, more complicated grief? What, what does that look like? Well, um, post-traumatic stress is actually from being traumatized by the, pers- the other person's death. And so... It's the kind of uh, malady that a person has who comes back from war and who is hypervigilant and who tries to avoid um, uh, reminders of, of what happened and who is anxious and who has flashbacks and that sort of thing. That's PTSD. Okay. Heidi, do you want to uh, log in on some of this? Because I know you must be thinking some things. I know you have, you know, you work with clients. Well, I, I, a couple things come to mind. Number one, I'm really glad that, that Franklin normalized the guilt. And, and said, hey, this is a normal, a normal part of life. And it's interesting because there's, there's guilt that goes around along with all sorts of death, any kind of death. I mean, I felt terribly guilty that I lived and my brother died since he was the only sibling, the only brother, the only boy in the family. The other piece is I currently have two clients, you know, I'm a psychologist in private practice 
And I, ter- I currently have two clients that are suicidal. And I do everything in my power to help them through this journey. But, you know, the other day, two weeks ago, the police called me at midnight and were taking one of my clients away to the hospital because she had made a suicide attempt. Now, I thought everything was in place and I thought everything was good and I did everything professionally that I knew to do. But like you said, Franklin, sometimes at the end of the day, we really don't know how much stress people are in. Yep. We just have to go by their word. We really don't know. Yep, that's 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 absolutely right. And I think that um I think that the other thing is that we really that we really focus and rightly so, we focus on uh the people who die. And we don't know out there the 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 thousands and thousands of people who go get help, who are rescued, who are are um battling with their demons however they're doing it and doing it over the long run successfully and really in a way that is the story of my family's survival because my, my dad was an alcoholic. Three out of four of us boys were alcoholics or drug addicts, and we really, we really were shattered by the suicide. But over the long run, we are also a story of hope, a story of great healings, great, great growth. And you know, now that a person can look back you know, 35 years almost, and see that um, even though life could not have been darker and some of the fallout from my dad's suicide was absolutely horrible, horrible for me emotionally, for all of us, uh, for my mom, it really took uh, her legs right out from under her. We really uh, recovered and we really have gone on to live our lives and to give back and really, you always want to hear the rest of the story, I guess, is what I'm saying. Right. Okay, so here I am now, and I'm listening to you, and I'm like, okay, I'm not ho- I don't have hope, but I'm open to hope. I'm, I'm seeing that maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel that's not a train coming towards me. Talk about the guilt involved with this and, and the shame, I think, that I met, might be feeling right now. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, when a person dies by suicide, not always, but, but, but one of the most common uh, things that we ask ourselves is, uh, was it because of me? Or was the person rejecting me outright? Was the person abandoning me? Did I do something I shouldn't have done? Uh, did I not do something I should have done? These are relatively universal feelings that befall a, a, a suicide survivor, especially early on. And so that's really the starting place, I think, for many of us, for many of us. So, and I think that that is a very, very um, uh, difficult feeling also in part because society judges suicide negatively. And so there's this stigma or this negative judgment related to both people who die by suicide and people who are left behind. Well, if you're the mother of someone who died by suicide, there must be something wrong with you. Or if you're the wife of somebody who died by suicide, you know, you must not have been a good, a good wife and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so these kinds of things are very, very, very difficult for, for survivors early on, or they can be. Right. And, uh, I do a compassionate friends group and we have, uh, a family that, uh, the boy died last year, um, by, um, hanging and we never know 
for the family, whether it was accidental or whether it was purposeful. But one of the things mom said, which I thought was interesting, she said, um, people will ask me about you know my family and when I say if I really do go into it and say how he died they stop immediately and say and say I'm sorry and turn away they don't want to go yeah. there and, and how hurtful yeah yeah well I've, I've heard uh, I've heard uh, similar stories uh, more times than, than than I can say that that um, that judgmentalism uh, not only affects the person who died sadly but also the family so I've just uh, heard that again and again, and saw it in my own in my own instance uh, at my dad's funeral. I thought there were judgmental things from the pulpit, and uh, we could talk about those sorts of things forever because they're part of the they're part of the experience. I think. Mm-hmm. Heidi, have you got any? I want to log in here. I'm just trying to take in what what uh, Franklin just said about judging from the pulpit. And I'm just thinking for everybody out there, you're at your, you're at your worst moment in your life and you're grieving so heavily and to have judgment, I just can't even imagine. And so often when, when my mom and I talk with people that have had suicide in their families, they, they talk about how, you know, they need so much support. And we all know that grieving, people that are grieving in general don't get enough support, but they even get less because like you said, Franklin of the judgment and the stigma that's still out there today. No, truly, one of one of the one of the research findings about losing a loved one to suicide is that social supports are are, are weaker um, comparatively for for people who who die by who who have survived the death of a loved one by suicide, and certainly um, the the negative judgments go back uh centuries and millennia so there was a time when uh suic- people who died by suicide were not buried in the cemetery and 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 in the catholic cemetery and etc and etc so so these things we've come a long ways and it's no longer like that um in most instances but it certainly still is part of the mix okay now franklin i'm out there i just heard i'm hearing what you guys are saying okay uh, you are normalizing many, many of the feelings I have. So okay, I'm starting to see it a little bit, starting to see a little light. What can I do? What can I do now? It's been three months, four months, maybe a year. Where can I get help, Franklin? Where can I get more of what you're saying? Well, I think, uh, I think uh, first of all, I really um, think that everybody is very different, but I would recommend uh, people at least trying to identify whether there might be a suicide bereavement support group in their area, because that is a peer-led uh, intervention like like compassionate friend support groups. And it seems to me, and there's a lot of uh, support for this, that being with someone else who has had a similar loss, and this is why I specialize in peer support. I'm not a clinician. I'm, I'm a survivor of suicide loss who helps other survivors of suicide loss. And so I think one thing to do is to get with people who have lost someone to suicide and who can relate to the things that you're going through. I think on beyond that, I think the other things that people normally do for grief, whether that's you know with a with a with a with a clergy person or with other family or with um, your community to remember your loved one and to memorialize your loved one and to uh, learn how to cope with the pain of loss. All those things are very much the same with suicide as they are 
with, with any other kind of loss. I think the real complicating thing for suicide is if you do have uh, one of these maladies, if, if, you're, if you have complicated grief, as they call it, or if you have PTSD, or if you have major depressive disorder, and it goes on and on, then that, I think, is what really separates out not just suicide but all traumatic loss. And then I think you really need to talk to a profession, a mental health professional to get the specific kind of help. You know, there are treatments for, the, for these things. And so then you need to go beyond, um, you know, the, the normal, normal, if you want to call it that, things that we do for grief. I think another very important thing, though, is also to understand that Give yourself time. Uh, a loss, a traumatic loss, and that includes loss to suicide, you may have very, very serious challenges for six months or a year or even longer. Sometimes people go out several years and still struggle, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Give yourself some time and really um, dig into the kinds of solutions that you need in your life to get past this. Okay, Franklin, can, you know, where can yeah. I find you? <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I think the you're best way the to, internet, to find... You're on the internet, aren't you? Yes, I think the best thing to do if you're trying to find me is just to go to my blog, which is, is personalgriefcoach.info. That's the easiest one to remember. And you can get to my website from there. Say that again. Say from that there. again. Pers- one word, personalgriefcoach dot info, I-N-F-O, personalgriefcoach.info. That's my blog, and you can link on, there's some resources there. You can uh, link on the Suicide Grief Support Quick Reference. You can link over to my website, and like I say, you can you can get a hold of me from there. And you can also find Franklin on opentohope.com. Well, Franklin, Absolutely. thank you so much for being on the show today and for everything you're doing. You're an awesome guy. It's been a, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you, as always. Thanks, Franklin. Well, Heidi, uh, great having Franklin on the show today. He's just such a great guy. I love the fact that he's been through all this, and you can tell he just, uh, life is is energetic for him and, and all that he's doing, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, we're all about transforming your life after loss, and Franklin has, and he's doing so much to help those that have been there to make it and to find hope again, and he's doing a great job. He's an inspiration to me, and he's such a positive person. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to the show today, and we hope you'll visit us on our website and go uh, right on some of our forums. There's, we've got some great forum leaders, and look on our YouTubes. Uh, we just did a great Apple D app YouTube. If you're a fan of Black Eyed Peas, you can go to our YouTube channel, Open to Hope YouTube, and please watch us on television on, if you live in the New York metropolitan area, on Channel 56, Sunday nights at 9 o'clock for um, our show. Stay tuned again next week for the show, and you'll find us on the website at opentohope.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through. 
and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.